We want to follow you, O Lord God. Oh, mighty God, mighty God. He is so wonderful, amen. Oh, I want to turn to Genesis 17, starting in verse number 1 through 8. Genesis 17, starting in verse number 1 through 8. Hallelujah, mighty God. Praise singers, you guys are okay. You can sing. It's good to see the Galans back in the house today. Sister Melinda as well and Sister Simmons. Great to see all you guys. I'm not sure if anybody else was sick, but if you were, I was glad to see you all too. Glad to see all your smiling faces. Hallelujah, mighty God. Starting in verse number one. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared unto Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Now I will make my covenant with between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful. And I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant. To be a God unto thee, thee and thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land therein wherein thou art a stranger. All the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. What a word for the Lord to say unto Abraham. Amen. For him to say that kings are going to come from you. That I will be the God of your generations. And he said that I will deliver you into a new land, into the promised land. You all may be seated today. I want to talk to you from this title, Beyond the Veil. Now, when you first look at this title, you might think that we're talking about the veil of the holies of holies. That we're talking about that veil. And although that veil is very important, because it kept the priests, uh, it kept the covering of God inside that one room. And the priests had to basically sanctify themselves, and they could only go once a year. And now that we are under a new covenant, now that we are in a different generation, we are allowed to experience God wherever we're at. And so I think that veil is very important as well, but there's another veil that I want to talk about a more obscure one, and one that isn't seen with our physical eyes. And we're going to be talking about the veil of time. In Exodus 3, starting in verse 3. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called, a, called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. 
And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them out of that land unto the good land and a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. God, with his promise, set forth his veil upon the timeline of Moses. And when sharing with Moses the promise of his forefathers and how that continued to him, the veil that's over his life is something that he can't see past. He can't see what's going to happen when God gave him this promise. He couldn't see that he's going to be delivered into the land of Canaan with all the Egyptians. He couldn't see that he would go up to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. He wasn't able to see that in this moment. All he could look at was examine himself. In Exodus 11, verse 11, chapter 3, And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. And when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say unto me, what is, his, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God answered unto Moses, and said, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The I am hath sent me unto you. And God said moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together, and say unto them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, Surely I have visited you, and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt unto the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, skipping down unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Moses first examined himself. And this is in our human nature to look at ourselves and to see our faults, to see our flaws, and to just fight with our flesh daily. Because we will always fight with our flesh. Every single day we have to put up with it. Every single day we have to die out to it. And every single day we have to pick up our cross and continue to follow God. It's a choice to follow God every single day. But on the other hand, this veil was also upon Pharaoh. When the plagues came, Pharaoh didn't believe that the God of Moses and their people would suffer and that their firstborns would die. He couldn't see the other side of his timeline. And if he could, don't you think he would have chosen to let his people go so that he could save his firstborn? Daniel 3 and 13 says, Another example is with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready, 
that at what time do you hear the sound of the cornets, flute, harpet, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer? In all kinds of music ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? can't believe King Nebuchadnezzar would say this. He thought that he had the authority, but he forgot the higher authority that is above him. He didn't remember what was happening in his own kingdom. He didn't understand that it just wasn't about him. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's all about God. It's all about God receiving the glory in everything that we do. So when we work towards things, we aren't working towards it for ourselves. We aren't working towards it because we think it will be good. We're working towards it because we want God to get the glory. Amen. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. They said, we're going to tell you the truth. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Even if that they were going to die, they weren't going to give in. They were going to praise God to the end, and that's the same mindset that we need to have in our day and age. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than what it was to be heated. And I'm not going to read the rest of that, but we know the story of all that happens. They, they turn up the heat on the furnace. They bind up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they take men to throw them in there. But the men that threw them in there ended up getting burned and died. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were standing in the fire, free of everything. And then there was a fourth person. Nebuchadnezzar was confused at this. How was there a fourth person? Jesus met them at their fate. Jesus met them at their expectation. And that's the same thing he'll do for us today. The same spirit that was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is here today. He's in this room right now. We just have to reach out. We just have to expect greater things to come from him. Amen. They couldn't see the other side of what was going to happen, but they chose to believe anyway. They chose to have unconquering faith in the Lord their God. And that's where we need to be because we are living the last days. And there's no time to be lackadaisical in the kingdom of God. There's no time to be a lukewarm apostolic. I haven't even heard of a lukewarm apostolic, let alone seen one. And I don't want to be one. But there's no time to settle for the same old, same old. In order to get something new, we have to do something supernatural. We have to be reaping supernatural seeds to be able to reap supernatural fruit. So why would we do this? Why would we need to have unending faith in the Lord our God? Other than the fact that God calls us to be obedient servants of him, Proverbs tells us in chapter 27, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. And the Amplified Bible tells us, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. All we know is what's happening right here, right now, in this moment. Amen. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, so why would we boast about it anyway? Why would we boast, oh, tomorrow's payday. I'm going to get a fat check tomorrow. Why would we say that? We don't know if tomorrow's going to come. 
Luke 12:16 says, And he spake a par- parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. This is the mindset of our generation right now. They don't want to look at what we have in front of them. They don't want to see the truth. They don't want to come to the realization that God is their king. They want to eat, drink, and be merry. It's all about having fun and being fun, right? But God said unto him in verse 20, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee, then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. We see in this parable that the rich man had so much fruits and goods and nowhere to keep all of it. His barn was already full and said, ah, tomorrow will be the day that I do something about this. Tomorrow will be the day that I tear down this barn and I build an even greater one in its place. But the problem is this world is filled with people, filled with people who say, tomorrow I will make it happen. Tomorrow is the day that I will start serving the Lord. Tomorrow is the day that I will start keeping holiness standards. And today, I'm just going to have fun. Today, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And that's a huge problem in this world right now. The problem starts with America. America is a society of instant gratification. And although I love living here, it's nice to go out and experience other countries as well. When we order something from a restaurant, we don't want to sit around too long. We don't want to wait for at our table for our food to come out. We want it within a s- certain time limit because our tummies are hungry. When we order something from Amazon and the item isn't delivered within two days, the whole world seems to be ending. <laughs> but that's not how it works in the kingdom of God. And because of that, because of our human nature and the society we live in, we can become complacent with the promises of God. We can become tired of waiting in the season of preparation. And going to James chapter 4, starting in verse 13. Go to now. Excuse me. Ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know what shall be on the tomorrow, on the morrow, For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. And going to 2 Corinthians 6, 2, uh, the King James Version says, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And the New Living, inter, New International Version says, For he says, In the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Today is the day that the Lord has made. Today is the day to make up our minds. Because today is the day of salvation. Your opportunity to align yourself with God's will begins with your choice today. 
And it's not up to tomorrow. It's not a decision that we can push off any longer because we are living in the end days. We are living in the end times. There's no more time for us to just be merry, eat, and drink. <coughs> Thank you, mighty God. I'm happy to be here today, amen. I'm happy that we are all gathered here today and that we have come out of our day, come out of our week and said, Sunday is going to be the day that I come and praise God. And it's a choice every day. Correct, Sister Melody, I can hear you. (laughs) It's a choice every day, but here is when we come and gather as a body. Sunday mornings and Thursday nights, amen. Going to Matthew 18, starting verse 2. I'm reading from the New International Version. He called a little child, he being Jesus, and placed the child among them. And he said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Wow. Whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So become like a child. What does this mean? How are we to become someone that we are not? And Jesus said this as well when he said you have to be born of the water and of the spirit. And the response to that was how are we going to enter into our mother's womb once again? You know, How do we become someone like we're not? So if someone wanted to become a songwriter, what would they start by doing? First, they would look at other songwriters They look at those who have already paved a way, who have already been successful, and then they'll begin to learn about them, begin to take notes on the way that they do things. They'll begin to take their habits and their mannerisms, and they'll implement them into their own lives, and they'll begin to develop their own habits and mannerisms. The person who wants to become a songwriter will get into the mind of another songwriter. And of course, the verse refers to being a child in in terms of humility. But when I read this, I tend to look for an observation here in regular life so I can apply it. So when we're here on a Sunday morning during worship service and I watch as all of our children are jumping and dancing and clapping and banging on instruments, just because what they feel in the atmosphere, just because of the music that they hear. And so church, we need to be of childlike faith. But to begin that, we have to let loose during our worship services. We have to give him the praise that he deserves. Who says that it has to be pretty praise, right? Who says that we have to keep our cool when it comes to church? Our worship isn't for anybody else but for God. So what does it matter what other people think? What does it matter when you come into this place and your tie's a little bit crooked? It don't matter. It matters what God thinks. It matters for his glory. Thank you, mighty God. Hallelujah. Why don't we let loose right now in this service? Why don't we tell God how much we love him right now? Why don't we show him some praise? Well, we show him some worship because he is so worthy. Amen. He is so worthy. 
There is nothing that we can do. Lord, you are so worthy, Almighty God. Lord, you are so worthy, Almighty God. Lord, you are so great, oh God. We give you all the praise, Lord. We give you all the worship, oh God. Lord, let my lips be coming, oh God. Let the words from my lips be yours, oh God. Let my thoughts realign with you, oh God. Let me to always be in your will, oh God. Lord, there's no more time for me to play around, oh God. Lord, I align myself with your will right now, oh God. I submit myself to your will, oh God, to your authority, oh God, for you are the higher power. I know what happens in my kingdom, oh God. I know that you are the higher power, oh God. I don't have any authority. I don't get any of the glory, oh God, because it's all for you, oh Lord. It's all for you, Almighty God. Yes, Sataya. Leko Sataya, la caseta, yalelelelekesaye. Yeko yolo sada la caseye. Leko Satanara, yayayakasaye. Leko Sotunara, seketelelelekesaye. Lord, Almighty God, we worship you right now, oh God. Rosada lekeseta, yalelekeseta, yalelekeseta. Almighty God, we thank you, oh Lord, Satanora, no, 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 Oh, we thank you, God, for your spirit in this place, oh God. We thank you, oh God, for your presence that permeates this atmosphere right now, oh God. We thank you, oh God, for your mercy, oh Lord Jesus, for allowing us to be here today, oh God, in your presence, God. Oh, Lord, we want to follow your spirit right now, oh God. We want to follow where you're leading us right now, almighty God. I will tell you guys a little secret. When I'm up here, it's really hard for me to just, just not stand right there. It's just really hard for me not to just look right there directly in this in the screen directly in the camera right under these lights so me being out here is me getting out of myself and that's what i want today to be about i want us to get out of ourselves i want us to step out of the ordinary because we need something not ordinary we need the supernatural to happen in this place we need to reclaim our city for his kingdom we need to give god the glory in everything that we do amen Lord, pour out your spirit in this place right now, oh God. Lord, we ask that you will fill us with your spirit, oh God. Lord, fill us with your presence today, oh God. 
We won't settle for ordinary today. We won't settle for just the same old. We know that worship service starts at 11, but that doesn't matter. We just need to touch you, oh God. We just need to feel your presence right now, oh God. We just want more of you right now, oh God. Won't you sow some spiritual seeds right now? Won't you sow some supernatural seeds right now? Oh, Lord, keep the fire burning right now, oh God. Spirit, set us on fire right now, oh God. Lord, we step out right now, oh God. We step out right now, oh God, from the ordinary, Lord. Because we can't settle for the ordinary, God. We can't keep doing what we've been doing, oh God. We just want more of you, oh Lord. We need to keep doing more of you, oh God. Oh Let that fire take over you right now. Let his spirit take over you right now. Just begin to talk to him. Just begin to reach out to him right now. Lord, we don't want to be too busy just getting caught up in the week. We don't want to be too busy just doing the motions, Lord. We want you, oh God. We need you right now, oh God. Lord, we submit to you, O oh God. Submit to your authority, Lord. Oh God, oh We just need more of you, God. We just need more of you, oh God. Oh we can never get enough of you, oh God. We can never get enough of your spirit, oh God. Set us ablaze, oh Lord. Set us ablaze, oh God. Pour out new anointings in this place right now, oh God. We give you all the worship, oh God. We give you all the praise, oh God. 
It doesn't matter that we have to end at 10.15. We will do whatever the Spirit leads us to do right now. We will do whatever God calls us to do right now. Lord, we just want to follow you, oh God. We just want to follow your spirit, oh God. We just want to follow where you're leading. Lead us to deeper places right now, oh God. Thank 